swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's horse. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news. The POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot. All shit a game in English, control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Uh, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod, where we put up gameplay videos for reviewing pleasure. And hop on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. AMC, how are you living? Uh, living great, living well, A-Dub. Uh, yeah, life has been good. Took the kids for a walk today. Got in my workouts, enjoying this long, this extra long Memorial Day weekend. Extra long. Extra long. And um, yeah, started watching, um, what is it, uh, Moon Knight last night. Uh, my coworker, he, pre- he, he fell off of it after one episode, so... You know, there wasn't a lot of expectation there, but we're actually enjoying it. We're on episode two already and we're, we're having it. We're intrigued. It's a different take on, you know, the whole s- superhero character as far as like the ones that we've seen in the past. It's uh this one's a little more psychological, a little more jacked up, but things are coming together. There's a lot of mystery there. Uh, yeah, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, other than that, yeah, just staying on top of working out and all that bullshit. How about yourself, uh, A-Dub? I'm not on top of working out, but I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to be. It's, you know, you take that time off, you get restless, you start looking at yourself in the mirror, and it's just like, who the fuck are you? Where's the other guy? Where's, where's the sexy guy who lives here? <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to get, get back to my, my legendary god status. But it's it's a process. First things first, stop eating all the goddamn time. Uh, second thing, second, stop eating so goddamn much. And third thing, third, stop eating bad stuff. <laughs> so get that under control. Just it's, work on your discipline. It, baby steps. Like you don't, you don't have to go and get all your workout clothes and start on Monday and do a entire circuit circuitous workout. Mm-hmm. You can just do your pushups, and then that's that's a small win. And just do your pushups every few days, and then add some. Add something to that, then go buy yourself some shorts. Then, you know, treat yourself to, to an acai bowl. Treat yourself to, to some eggs and some spinach. And just build on your small victories until the next thing you know, you were standing on a mountain of trophies and medals that you yourself achieved. But yeah, that's where I am. I'm trying to climb that mountain again. I will be back because I have what it takes. I just need to you know, not <laughs> let go of it once I get comfortable. That's the thing. You get to the mountaintop and you start chilling because you don't have to climb anymore, but you still need to stay sharp. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what you've been uh, playing in the meantime, hey, Doug, while you, while you doing the damn thing? What have I been playing? Mm-hmm. Well, what I've been playing is uh, kind of interesting because what I've been getting into lately, I've been looking at that uh, 
the PlayStation Stars program. Mm -hmm. So I'm enrolled in that. And, you know, you get rewards and things based on getting trophies, buying and playing games. They have all kinds of little collectibles and stuff. So, you know, I'm just looking through the things they offered. And one was like, oh, you know, you get the you get the Shuhei Yoshida collectible to celebrate his BAFTA win or something like that. If you if you play one of his favorite games and one of them was seafood. So booted that up. And then that got me back into seafood and I'm playing that, getting used getting used to the basics. It's the more advanced stuff I don't get. Like I really don't understand the the feedback between oh I blocked this and oh I threw my block, but it hit me and I got hurt. So I'm trying to figure out figure that out. I don't think the feedback is really there, but ultimately I see what's going on on screen. I keep my eye on my health bar. And situations where, like, I go in, I'm, like, 42 years old. By the time I get to, like, the tough battle against the two big guys, I'm, like, 74 years old. <laughs> so I just kept working on it. Next thing you know, just a, a few runs later, I'm beating those two guys at, like, age 45. So, like, um, yeah, with the whole age mechanic, I'm not going to get too into it. But basically there's – so, like, the – and the level I'm playing, the first number is three. So when you die, it add when you die and you resurrect, it adds three years to your age. So I go from 42 to 45. And then because you died, it adds one. So the next one, you you add four years and then five years and then six years. So you, you're rapidly aging. But uh, there are certain circumstances where you can decrease that number. So you accumulate age at a somewhat slower pace and ultimately just get better at the combat. That way you don't have to worry about aging. <laughs> just enjoying it, man. Just the visual style, the combat, how the scenes come together. I got knees on it. He's playing it and loving it. So yeah, played that, got my little shoe head collectible. There was another collectible you could earn for downloading one of the, the, PS Plus games for the month. So I downloaded Grid Legends and started playing that. While it isn't uh, as polished or as fully featured of an experience as like a Gran Turismo 7 or a, a Forza Motorsport, we'll see what happens with Forza Motorsport 8. The racing experience is very entertaining. It's it's fun. It's It leans more toward the arcade side uh, some of the systems in the game, I still don't understand, like, what the impact is. Like, I'm leveling up, but it's not like I'm getting anything or getting access to anything other than these, like, little very minor upgrades to the vehicles as well as my mechanic and my teammates. And, you know, every time you race, you, you have a teammate in there and you get money based on that. Ultimately, it's a fun game. It's something that I've always heard good things about and finally playing it for myself. It's a just another another thing I can put on that has different kinds of races and different kinds of objectives where I can just enjoy the celebration of automobiles. So that was dope. Uh, I don't think I dabbled in Diablo 3 this past week, but I have dabbled heavily in Overwatch 2. Not going to bore people with the details however i will say that there was a triple xp weekend last week i think we told you guys about that and i was able to max out the battle pass 
So I got my Sigma skin, customized it, ready to roll it out whenever I want to. I think I'm about level 105, 106 now. So I've gotten a few of the, the prestige titles for season four, running with that star pilot, because you know how you boy do. I'm all about Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. I'm all about Galaxy. I'm all about Atmos Space. So it's only fitting that I have the proper title. And yeah, it's it's great. Get you, get single on there we've been playing more competitive your boy a dub finally cracked into the platinum level platinum five uh dps characters so i gotta gotta work on my tank and competitive get that up from i think i'm like gold two or gold four or something oh no i think i'm silver two i think i'm silver something in gold i mean silver something in tank but now i'm platinum something in dps so that was a pretty cool achievement for me i'm riding high on that success and yes yeah, it, gotta get the rest of the team up so we can take on tougher opponents and just show these motherfuckers how how playstation players do it but amc what have you been playing uh yeah, i'm not gonna spend too much time pretty much the same thing as you uh as far as overwatch a lot of the overwatch this week play a little bit of kirby nope. but um yeah mainly just focusing on overwatch because i wanted to hit that 80 mark the 80 tier mark before the battle pass is over so i can justify my purchase of it um, yeah exactly <laughs> um, yeah i took advantage of the was it the symmetra event that was going on where you oh play that God. tree of life or something like that and uh so much experience yeah and yeah you just by playing the game they're just giving you ten thousand ten thousand ten thousand so it was, it was awesome it boosted me so now i'm at the point where i've completed the battle pass so yes. i'm happy i can now go back to squeezing in some more midnight suns try to put as much as that of that down before the big one arrives this week oh, A-Dub. That, yeah that being diablo 4 so i'm gonna be putting in a lot of work for um midnight suns and then it's it's all diablo until <laughs> from here on out <laughs> so yeah looking forward to that but it was a big week so let's get right into the into the big topic of the week topic uh, of the week we had uh, alluded to last week when we um got the announcement that there would be a playstation showcase the following week i love how they just announce it and they're like look forward to that shit next week mm-hmm. and so that that has now come and gone and that's pretty much what we'll be discussing for the majority of the day. So, um, yeah, I'll let you take it away. How do you want to start? Do you want to just start about like your thoughts about it? Or you want to just get right into the announcements and then we'll get into our thoughts about the overall showcase? I think we should go through the announcements first. All right. Yeah, let's do that. Start at the bottom of this. Bottom, bottom of this. this. <laughs> is this the bottom of the list? Oh, no, I mean, is. there's so many great announcements. It's hard to say what the bottom of the list is, Ada. I'm trying to go in order, but IGN in there, goddamn. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, if you go to the bottom of the list, it's kind of a good way of doing it. Yeah. So uh, the first thing we saw was, of course, a CG trailer. There were a lot of those for the show. So, you know, we'll make notes there where necessary. But we finally got to look at Jade Raymond's Haven Studio project by the name of Fair Games. So this is looking like it's squad-based. It's got elements of, like, watchdogs and the division, things going on, pretty stylish characters. It looks like from the action that they showcased in the CG trailer itself, didn't really see much 
direct conflict in the form of like beating people up or shooting them or killing them. There was a lot of special ammunition and environmental things where you just set up the enemy in certain situations and incapacitate them, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, it's, it's all blood and guts in most games. So it's kind of refreshing to see a game that seemingly dares to do something a little different. Uh, AMC, did you have any notes about fair games? Uh, no, not really. It's, um, you know, it was a, it was a CG trailer. So didn't really get to see a ton. Um, thought the aesthetic looked kind of cool, but yeah, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things that show um, when I see the game, I'll have a bigger opinion, but it's nice to see at least that we saw a little bit of what they've been working on. So mm-hmm. yeah, wait and see once we get that gameplay revealed then that's yeah, a game like this. It seems like it's going to be all about the gameplay. Uh, so I think that's when we can really formulate an opinion on what they'll have to offer. Uh, am I up now? Mm-hmm. Or you, you want to keep going? Anything catch your eye? Let's see. Um, yes, there was something. <laughs> Sorry, I had it right in front of me and then I lost my place. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a second. Uh, you know what? The game I'll I will start out if we're starting from the bottom, that being uh give me a second. That being the cat quest. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cat quest two. Um, was it uh I'm trying to find it, but it's like into the Peribian. Um, Caribbean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it was cool. Uh, they so they showed uh, a little bit of um gameplay with it. You're at points you're fighting on the open world map. At, at another point, you're in your ship and you're, you're fighting in the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of like everything as you're going through this journey. It, it, it had all the, all the charm, had all the all the feels of the cat action. Um, and yeah, look, look, somewhat simple, but at the same time, had a good like look to it. Um, overall, what did you think about this game, Adam? Of all the games they showed, this was easily one of the most polished. Like you, I was very impressed with just the different the different gameplay scenarios that it presented. Like you said, there's fighting on the overworld map. It's fighting in a boat. It's fighting in levels, and you're you're doing dungeon crawling. It, it looks like when you're in the levels themselves or in the locations from the world map that it's kind of a, a 2D-ish kind of side-scrolling thing. However, the visuals are extremely clean. It's very charming. It looks like it's a ton of fun. So this game, it's a twist on the original Cat Quest console. Personally, this gets a dub seal of approval. I'm going to be keeping my eye on Cat Quest. I'm always in the market for these like endearing, charming titles, and this one is no exception there. It, look, it looks like there's a lot more to it than what was shown. The trailer was very short. However, it was pretty much all gameplay. And yeah, man, it's in the tradition, the growing tradition of cat games, this looks like it's going to have a pretty solid place on the list. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I can't wait to hear more about it, to hear people's reactions for when it comes out. But being that it's a follow-up, that means that, you know, people were having the uh, the, re- the original release of this game. And so it looks like it's only bigger. So awesome there. Let's let's keep it moving, Adel. What else you got? Another game I got, this one was a pretty odd duck. I didn't know what to make of it when it was shown honestly i still don't know what to make of it now but uh towers of a gospel so at first when i saw it i thought like oh is 
is wild back like did they finally get this together and they're gonna roll it out it's not wild it looks like a very breath of the wild inspired game uh what it looks like is you come to this land you were told that it was going to be like fertile and bountiful but it's just laid in ruin laid to waste and it's on you to bring it back to its former glory so what goes on here is you start to get something that looks a bit like you remember dark cloud right that game where you had to go around the world and you're fighting but then you're gathering pieces of the world so that you can rebuild it it kind of looks like what's going on here but this is dialed up to 11 so it's it, it says that it's inspired by breath of the wild but just looking at the game i get dark cloud influences i'm also picking up like elements of of no man's sky in there because of the the enormity of the world itself and just as you're rebuilding it there's enormous like colossal plant life giant creatures flying that you can fly with in the sky jump onto mine resources from off the back of them so it's there's quite a bit going on here i don't know what entirely to make of this game at first glance, it doesn't look like something that I'd personally be interested in. However, I will be keeping an eye on this because it's it's very ambitious. So if it's got a good hook and a good gameplay loop, this might be something that people should want to keep their eye on. AMC, how did you feel about Towers of the Gospel? Yeah, it looked interesting um, from the aspect of the, the crafting, going out foraging and just seeing that you can go to so many different locations to get what you need and then to see how that eventually plays into the building aspect of the game is it's interesting um it has a cool aesthetic um and cool yeah, aesthetic don't combat you got mounts that they have mounted combat yeah yeah um so yeah it looked like it had a lot going for it um one of those ones that i'll need to see more of but definitely was not aware of this game and caught me by surprise uh, another game that caught me by surprise, a dub. That being, we're gonna call it Neva or Neva. Never, never, never. Never Kinesa. Super Never Kinesa. Yeah, it is from the developers of Greece. If you remember that game, had a great art style. Um, pull up the PlayStation blog just to get a breakdown of what to expect from this game. Um, yeah, so players will face platforming puzzles and combat challenges while dealing with monstrous enemies. As ever, we also wanted to craft a polished experience with minimal UI, delicate art, high-quality traditional animation, and an elegant music music score. We think we've achieved that, and we can't wait for you uh, players to experience this. Uh, to provide the right backdrop to our story, we look to the environmental problems with Earth. Uh, is facing due to human interference. This will lead to the destruction of many ecosystems, causing animals and even humans to lose their homes. So mm -hmm. we wanted to imagine how a scenario like this would affect our characters. And to set this all up, we got a um, you know a, a a story, I guess, story tone trailer. Uh, it starts out with this character, uh, a woman with a a giant wolf with with antlers and then mm -hmm. a, a little wolf with little mini antler horns mm -hmm. and all of a sudden baby wolf. yeah um and yeah they're they're out in the woods doing their thing and then all of a sudden they get they get attacked by this black fog but the black fog within it is all full of all these i guess nefarious characters that are basically <laughs> attacking them they're they're fighting back the woman has a sword the uh the giant wolf steps in 
tries to hold it down but you know it just gets a little too much uh, a la kind of kind of reminded me of like a little bit of like at least a feel of a princess mononoke mm-hmm. and um the wolf gets overwhelmed smash cut to the woman she's waking up kind of get her bearings she looks over she sees that that giant wolf has been taken out by the cloud we'll call it pollution we'll call it human interference according to them but you know just all the issues that people bring along and she's very upset about it it's you feel the emotion in this quick little trailer and then the little pup comes along to her and is like i'm still here and she's like yeah you are still here and i will protect you and yeah it takes off from there we didn't get to see any gameplay but as i mentioned earlier they said platforming puzzles and combat challenges so it'll be definitely a game that i'm I'm looking forward to uh to see how that then comes like how the gameplay is then presented because uh gris had had a definitely a, a really cool look to it a cool art style and so if they carry that over into this game it definitely has a lot of potential what did you think about this reveal a dub well, I, you called it when the trailer first came on. As soon as we saw all those those beautiful colors in that whimsical setting, I was like, "Oh, games for impact." We got the, <laughs> got the front runner. But yeah, you know me. I'm all about art styles. I'm all about illustrative kind of visuals more so than realistic. So this immediately caught my eye. Uh, immediately tugged at the heartstrings with the the loss of the giant wolf and what looks like the accepting that the baby wolf is the future is the legacy got to protect it so yeah i'm very interested to see what this is going to be uh gris what i saw of that didn't really have any combat it was mostly exploration and traversal so this apparently introduces combat to their their lexicon of mechanics i want to see more uh, I'm very intrigued. So I'll be keeping an eye on Neva and hopefully this is this is more ever than never. We'll see. All right, what you got up next, Ada? What do I got next? I'm gonna get another one of our our control issues favorites. Uh the makers of Abzu and the Pathless have revealed their next project, Sword of the Sea. So this game immediately looked familiar because you know it it starts off in a desert. Uh, your character hops on to what looks like the blade of a sword and just begins surfing through the sand. If this sounds familiar, it should, because it's just like Journey. However, this seems to be going a little further than the Journey. It looks like a bigger, more more featured game. Uh, the trailer didn't show us any kind of like conflict or other mechanics besides surfing on the sand and uh, what I can only assume is surfing in the water because it goes from sand to being a water world. So you go from journey to the sort of Abzu kind of thing Uh, with the surfing and the skating or just riding on the sword. It also looks like they've included areas that are more akin to a, a skating kind of game. So there's like half pipes and I imagine there's tricks and things you can do. There's probably, you know, you probably have to use the skating mechanics in order to reach things or to navigate certain situations. And it also looks like once the water gets introduced, it's not so much a division between the the land portion and the water portion. It looks like they're intertwined together where the undersea world merges with the land world. So you're going to have like just creatures and things 
swimming through the sky and you're going to be surfing on the water. So this is looking dope. It looks fantastic. Hey, it might be Journey all over again, might be Abzu all over again, or it might just be its own thing that sets itself apart. Personally, I think it's gorgeous. I want to see more. This is something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. I haven't gotten into Abzu. I don't have any interest in the path list. However, Sword of the Sea, you got my attention. AMC? Uh, yeah, I am super pumped for this game. Um, So, yeah, one of the... The very first game I ever played with Marissa was Journey, and mm. it was uh, I had played it alone, it was awesome. And then we started, like, you know, we, she comes over and we're we're trying to figure out something to do. And I'm like, You played video games before? She's like, Yes, and I'm like, Have you played Journey? She's like, No, and I'm like, All right, well, mm. here's the sticks, I'm gonna smoke this bowl, and <laughs> I'm going to watch you play this game and let you, and I'm gonna see what you what you think about this. Let me know what you think. And she ended up playing yeah, and she ended up playing through the entire game in one sitting. It was it was it was a pretty short game, um, relatively. It was a three hour game, so yeah, you could, you could yeah, you could play it all in one night. And yeah, it was absolutely awesome. Just when I played it, it was I would never forget that feeling, um, especially once it once I got to the very end. Um, and I won't. People should if you haven't played it, go and play it. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin it just because the game was that impactful for me when I played it. And um, I just remember that that feeling of like just the different waves of emotion from the very beginning where it's just like oh, like this is like you're just getting lost in the sand and how smooth the game is running and how beautiful it looks and then next thing you know you're 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 off you're off and running in the journey you're you're going through the different phases where you're sliding through what is it like the underground mm-hmm. then it gets like a little like gets a little dread like a little dire things get a little little um questionable yeah and yeah and it just and then by the end you're just you feel awesome you feel incredible you really felt like you went through the journey you battled all the way through they they handled it so well um and yeah and then it just all ties in together um incredibly and i would just never forget that feeling abzu i played that it was it was great i won't say it was journey but it was it was it was damn good it was a good game um and so yeah just bringing it all the way back here just interested to see what they were working on and now now to know that this is it it has that feel of journey i'm curious to see what's going on with that hover sword uh but um yeah it looks just very fun and immediately i was just like oh it's a girlfriend game we'll be sitting down we'll be playing it together and we will continue the tradition so thank you for bringing that back uh giant squid um and so yeah i cannot wait to play that game that's definitely a a day one purchase for me yeah games like that are more and more illuminating how gaming is more than just oh what do i kill what do i collect where do i go what do i do it's like i think people don't put enough value on just a well-crafted experience where you're taking by the environment itself and traversing through it more so than oh i, I did an 80 hit combo and i got the uber weapon it's like you know that that's cool i'm not knocking that and i'm not knocking anybody who's only in gaming for that but gaming is so much more so games like sword of the sea journey abzu pathless all this stuff they they introduce the experience and it's also something that sony has been big on with their first party games, like the cinematic experience that's so bemoaned and loathed across the internet. It's like, 
yeah, say what you want, but at the end of the day, like I'm playing this and I'm having a fantastic time because I'm just, I'm enveloped in everything that the game is presenting me. I'm enveloped in the foliage, the wildlife, this the natural beauty of that virtual world. And then just being able to do things within that world at my leisure and freedom adds to that overall experience because now I'm not just I'm not just playing a game. I'm escaping into this fantasy. And I feel games like that do this very well. All right, A-Dub, well, going from a, for sure, day one purchase to a, a more interesting one. We all will discuss this one because I felt like it, it needs to be discussed. That being, we're watching the showcase. We, we're, we're going through a city. It's, it's kind of dark at night. Mm-hmm. We see a we see a neon line side up uh, <laughs> light up and we, it says square square Enix you know like, oh, uh, uh, here. Uh, and then we we get a little bit of anime a little bit of anime action a little bit of waifu action going on and I'm I'm, I'm watching this I'm trying to figure out I'm like wait what anime is this like uh, what, are they, what are they bringing us is this like a mashup like what are we getting here <laughs> and, and then and then the then the guns come out and you're like all right we got we got some guns we got some teams. And then the phone comes out, hey, Dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that, that multicolored phone. <laughs> <laughs> and so that game, A Dub, is Foam Stars. There's the IGN write up. Square Enix revealed a first look at Foam Stars, which appears to be a Splatoon like team shooter. The gameplay looked like characters were competing to cover the ground with as much foam as possible. And many fans in the chat were saying it looked like Splatoon mixed with Persona. The game is coming to PS4 and PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they pretty much summed it up right there. We saw we saw some some blue foam. We saw some pink foam spraying mm-hmm. it over each other. We see the different characters. They have um, looks like ultimates um, and a, a complete different variety of ultimates. Like one character was enveloped in a bubble in handling business. Another character just shot out a huge cannon of. I guess foam, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, <laughs> the belly like, flop on the roulette wheel. Yeah. How <laughs> uh, have I going on? You know, live service style of game. Yeah, a little different. Yeah, different in that. Like uh, for PlayStation, we we've seen Splatoon and what it's done with the ink, but now we got foam, and foam adds at least a from to be different to differentiate. Um, it adds at least. A level of 3d because the foam does stack it builds whereas the ink it was always flat so the foam yeah. you do you are creating mountains and hills with the foam and things along those lines so okay. i'm not sure if there's high ground what'd you say hover and high ground yeah yeah exactly so at least it gives that little bit of like depth so it's, it's very much like a foam party you ever you ever go to a foam party a dub when you're you know when you went to Cancun or something like that, like me, <laughs> I, I never went to Cancun, never been to a phone party, and I'll be 40 in a few months. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those opportunities are slim to die. Yeah. Um, I, I flew, I went to one phone party, it was in high school, and it was, I just remember everybody afterwards, there was definitely a, a ton of alcohol. And, um, I remember everybody was just like, that phone had to have been so disgusting <laughs> that we were just the, like, that we the were just foam is alcohol. <laughs> Yeah. I just yeah, more more of the bodily fluids probably full going around yeah. in that foam. But yeah, A Dub, A Dub, what did you think of Square Enix's foam stars? 
Oh, well, I didn't think much of it because it's not immediately a game that would stand out to me or something that appeals to my interests. However, I do understand the the popularity and success of the Splatoon franchise, and I think more people should take that into account as well. Uh, We have what is being classified by media outlets as a Splatoon-like, so if Sony and Square Enix can nab that kind of success, then, hey, maybe that'll just lead toward more investment in different kinds of games and stuff. Or, hey, maybe maybe Splatoon likes are the wave of the future. Maybe that's the genre that every game's going to be like. <laughs> every game's Splatoon now. But, I mean, it, it, looked, it looked okay. It doesn't look like something that I ever want to be involved with. But I'm not hating. It's a new game. And if there's a market for it, if there are people that will enjoy it, then that's the best thing. The good thing about this showcase is that tons of games were shown that would appeal to all different kinds of people. So, you know, Foam Stars not being for me doesn't necessarily mean that it's a miss. So I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing more about Foam Stars. And hopefully, hopefully it's good. <laughs> that's about all I got for it. All right, let's uh, move on to the next game. What you got? Move on to that next game. I'm, I'm going to go for a big one right now. Uh, we finally saw what Bungie's working on. So we already know Bungie just continues to provide Brock solid support to Destiny 2. And actually, so then this is a double prong kind of thing because we saw two things from Bungie. Uh, first thing we saw is the big one. It's... Uh, just immediately cinematic trailer, so we didn't see any gameplay, but we get this very stylish, heavily armed, cybernetic character running through an environment. He's got a, a what looks like a countdown on his bag, so he's trying to get somewhere before that countdown happens, and then he is shot in the face. As he falls into the water and is bleeding out of white water, blue blood, another character walks up to him, removes something from him, and it pans out. You see that she's not alone. She has another two players on her squad, and that is our introduction to what is the new marathon. So as it's described, this is going to be a PvP-focused game, uh, probably live service, uh, first-person shooter. Uh, if you guys are familiar with Bungie and their previous work, you would know that Marathon is an existing IP that Bungie is synonymous with. So now we're getting a new iteration of that. Uh, this is the first project that we're seeing from Bungie that's coming after the Sony acqu- acquisition of their company. So overall, it looks to have just that expected level of just visual polish that we've known from this company for a very long time. Uh, If you guys have played Destiny, Destiny 2, the original Halo trilogy, you know that they have rock solid shooting mechanics and they've got their, their online aspects cinched up. So now we just need to see some gameplay and get a better idea of what the moment to moment experience is gonna be, AMC. How do you feel about Marathon? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, from what I read, it's an extraction shooter. Never, I don't think I've ever played any of those. I know. Um, yeah, was a division had. Yeah, a division had like an extraction, I guess, area. It's like, um, from what I understand, you. So it's like that 
it's a three-person team from, from what i believe maybe maybe they have solo runs and then you're you're basically trying to collect as much loot as possible and then i guess you try to extract yourself your bitch ass out of there before you mm-hmm. get killed and if you die you drop all your loot and other people can get your loot so they just like you're kind you're building up and then you become the target as you get more and more and i'm, I'm assuming you also get stronger as you get more and more um so. yeah but uh, other than that i don't know much about it um sounds interesting i'm i once again it's one of those things i need to see more of i'm i'm i tend to lean more pve if we're gonna go multiplayer um from that aspect um and i i never really like i tried to play apex but i didn't really get too into it um it all depends on the gameplay i'd have to say in apex it was more of a even though you had abilities it still felt a little more twitchier as far as a shooter and I'm, that's just not my play style uh mm-hmm. if you listen if you if you listen to me play overwatch um i'm all about abilities and so yeah um but i'm interested because it's bungie and they make good shooters to see um how what the game eventually um ends up being because i imagine they they know what they're doing you know they mm-hmm. they're getting consulted on so many other things that they have a feel for what they can do so i i am curious but um i never played the original i guess marathon games and when i was reading about those extraction games i didn't play any it was like PUBG and a couple other games i i never gotten into so this would be my first experience of it um if i decided to pick up this game and yeah kind of cool to finally see what bungie is working on likewise um, yeah. Did you want to get? So, uh, did you get into the other thing Bungie was doing? Yeah. So in addition to Marathon, Bungie also treated us to another cinematic trailer for uh, a fan favorite franchise. Destiny Two looks to be getting what is presumed to be its final update by the name of the Final Shape, and this is a big deal because it's bringing back the People's Champ. It's bringing back the Icon. Is bringing back the God. Your boy Cade is coming back. He's, I don't know who the other. Hey, Deb. The character he was talking to was because I have played that since he was Sursa. No, man. I'm going to pause it real quick. And technical difficulties, we are back. A-Dub, keep going. Yeah, so not much more to go on. Destiny <laughs> 2, the final shape. We don't have many details, but hopefully we'll get something fairly soon. Hey, maybe we'll even get a follow-up in the coming month because this is the season to be showing stuff off. AMC, how did you feel about Cade's return in the final shape? Um, Yeah, I know like he was a... A fan favorite so um great to see him see him come back and uh what what it what was kind of cool is that you know with the loss of uh lance reddick it was it was kind of like oh man um you know uh they lost like a big i guess star talent uh with, yeah within the franchise and so it was good for them to it was kind of cool to see them tap back into nathan feeling bring him back into the game and um let him do do the damn thing and bring back a character that was loved. So, um, you mentioned what this is the final. This will be the final update. Presumably, it's titled the final shape. And the word that I'm seeing on the net is that it'll be the last update for Destiny Two. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be 
seems like a good note to end on. I don't really know much about Destiny at this point, but I did see that people who are into Destiny were happy about this. So, uh, yeah, good on good on you guys. Enjoy that. Well, happy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll we'll see how that goes game. when they start playing it. Oh, Ingrams. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What else you got for us, AMC? Uh, we got another one. Uh, this one, kind of a big one. Uh, we got the sequel to... Uh, one of the hardest games I ever played, a dub. That being Hell Divers Two, mm-hmm. we got confirmation of a sequel in 2015's Hell Divers, the co-op action shooter from Arrowhead Game Studios. The sequel appears to maintain much of the satirical dystopian elements of the original, as the trailer kicked off with a comedic television advertisement. Plenty of gameplay was shown with frenetic third-person shooting and tons of different biomes. The game is coming to PlayStation 5 and PC this year. Yeah, the trailer starts out with the dude. He's um very much it feels like a uh, like propaganda style yeah. um Starship Troopers-esque like video of uh don't you want to join the the front to to fight off the bugs <laughs> type situation and very only, gory only you can save her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And very gory, um, seeing your neighbors getting taken out, and then next thing you know, you're a soldier. So just tapping into all those feels from from that from that franchise and uh picking up right where it left off in some ways, um, but in many different ways, giving it a different look. So before Helldivers in the first one, it had a like top-down isometric viewpoint mm-hmm. of the game. So you saw it was a squad-based shooter with um which made it which made it interesting because it was a squad-based shooter with friendly fire. And so you could just take out your homies at any point. Mm-hmm. Uh there'd be certain things like which could, I did. <laughs> yeah, you could you could die so many ways, not just from enemies, like you could drop a turret, um you drop a turret as you're fighting off the hordes of bugs and then that turret sees a bug that's across from your path it might just shoot you while it's trying to kill the the bug so you have to stay out of the path of that um i remember there are other funny things like at the end of every mission you had to call in a um an extraction ship and as the ship was landing if you were in that extraction zone (laughs) it would land on you and possibly kill you so you had to always keep an eye out for that so there are just so many ways to die the game was fraught with peril and um created like in required a ton of um coordination especially in that it was a game that was not intended to be played alone it was just so difficult and um, (laughs) now we see this they go to a more you know from behind over the shoulder third person viewpoint um you still have your your all your abilities as far as like the different like you saw like the shooting a bunch of rockets um we saw them drop like what looked like to be you know some of the traps like a a tesla coil um type trap to take out enemies things along those lines and it was kind of cool just having a different perspective you they show like you go to looks like certain like points and you would have business to do there so you're going to have your missions and your squad base uh they really like played into the squad base aspects of it um from even like the fact that you can like be hugging your homie <laughs> like in celebration things along those lines so it's really um it's a game that's definitely intended to be played with the homies so a dub what did you think about this this new look for hell divers and hell divers too yeah, the new look really took me by surprise. I mean, when the trailer initially came on, I was thinking to myself, like, damn, is Sony about to drop Earth Defense Force 6 on them? That's kind of a big deal. It's like people love Earth Defense Force. You never hear anything about it, but when the games come out, people are all over it. However, this wasn't an Earth Defense Force, and then we got we got to look at it, we see that it's hell divers. Yeah, the the visual change 
is substantial because not only is it more realistic visuals and looks like more wide open areas, but it also situates the camera in a proper third person perspective. So this might also bring gameplay changes to the whole experience because uh, we were talking in the pre-show and I was thinking to myself, if they have the camera behind you, then it's probably more focused on the action that's in front of you rather than the action that's all around you as in the, the first game. And then that kind of, that suggested it may be an alleviation to the problem of friendly fire and just being surrounded by enemies in the original Helldivers. Like you said, it was incredibly hard. It was a very difficult borderline impossible game to play solo especially with the friendly fire not only from your friendlies but also your equipment but this one i don't know i have hopes i think that it might be a bit more manageable so that's why i'm going to be keeping my eye on it i do miss the old school graphics already because hell divers had a, a very unique charm and aesthetic to it however i'm willing to put my faith in this title and see you know, just what they were able to do to take it to the next level. So it, it was very surprising to see Helldivers of all games come back. So I enjoyed the original for what I was able to get through, and I'm looking forward to see what this new one has to offer. What you got up next, Ada? Let me see. Let me pull, let me pull from this. This. Let me go. Uh, okay, I, I'll give you one. I'll give you a, a crowd favorite. It is isn't necessarily anything that we got into over here at Control Issues, but the net is all about it. People have been clamoring for it for years, and now it's finally real. We got a trailer for Dragon's Dogma 2. Yeah, the <laughs> greatest RPG of Maze yeah. better than The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is how you're supposed to do magic. <laughs> well, I mean, those claims are not unfounded. Dragon's Dogma 2 looks pretty outstanding, especially as a, an RPG where you have magic and combat at your command, where you aren't just hacking and slashing at the ankles of the biggest enemies. You're like jumping on their face, stabbing them in the eyes, and riding on the backs. And just <laughs> like, yeah, it's serious business. When Dragon's, when Dragon's Dog, when the original came out, like that was one of the bigger things. Like, I specifically remember uh, the first gameplay trailer when they're they're fighting like a griffin or something and one of the characters jumps on its back and i was like what we're doing that now <laughs> so dragon's dog 2 looks to continue in that time honored tradition of just manhandling these monsters hitting them with all kinds of magic summoning meteors hitting them with lightning like if if you were into dragon's dogma it looks like the sequel is going to serve you in the ways that you hoped it would we're seeing people online having a good response to it. So yeah, uh, it was finally unveiled at the showcase. It showed off, according to IGN, ton tons of monsters, including an enormous dragon. Uh, it marks the first new mainline Dragon's Dogma in over a decade. Uh, there's very little known about it. However, it is said to be developed in the Resident Evil engine. And we see what that has done for the modern iterations of Resident Evil as well as its remakes. So this is the kind of stuff I love to see AMC. I love to see 
when developers take successful engines or engines that just produce stellar results and use them for games outside of the ones that made them famous. Like for instance, the Decima engine that Guerrilla Games has created, it's most known for its results that it produces with Horizon Zero Dawn and most recently Forbidden West, in addition to its expansion Forbidden Shores or Burning Shores, I should say. And then Kojima got his hands on the Decima engine, Guerrilla Games, gave it to him in spectacular fashion. And that's how we ended up with Death Stranding, soon to be Death Stranding 2, or whatever it's going to be officially titled when it's shown to us at some point in the future. But yeah, now we got the Resident Evil engine being used for a fantasy RPG um, of the magnitude of Dragon's Dogma. So this is, again, stuff I like to see. I would like to see more game engines used for used for products outside of their native franchises. And while I'm not particularly interested in Dragon's Dogma 2, it looks dope. So if you were a fan of the original, if you're trying to get your RPG fix, if you just want to climb on giant monsters and hack and slash them to death, then you can do that. This is the game for you. AMC, how did Dragon's Dogma I, I'm at a loss for words now. <laughs> but, but how did Dragon's Dogma do it for you? I mean, I've heard so much about Dragon's Dogma. Um, I mean, it looked cool. It, um, there's some interesting parts to it. I did like the idea that like you can kind of go you can go out however you want as far as a uh, knight, mage, all that different stuff. And the mage aspects of the game look pretty cool. I uh, don't know much more about it other than like what I've heard on you know other shows I listen to. Like there is one cool aspect um was with the companions i believe in the original one uh that you could so if a dub had a companion that companion i guess is like uploaded and then other people can download your companion and so mm. if you've crossed other places of the map the companion downloads that information like oh i've i've been here so then when somebody else uses your companion it will actually comment on like oh like this area has yada yada that we're going to be going up against so some cool like gameplay mechanics there that, yeah, like, really I, cool. that yeah that you don't really see in other games um but yeah it's it's a game that i really yeah it's same similar with you i I know very little about it other than what I've seen and, you know, the, the glowing praise that the game has received. But, you know, I was very much into, I played Skyrim, I played Witcher, and then just Dragon's Dogma missed me for some reason. And um, so because of that, I am interested to hear what this game has to offer. But, um, you know, it's, we played a lot of fantasy games. <laughs> so it's like, it's one of those ones, like, it's not at the top of my priority as far as like, those style of games but you know the more i hear about it as we get closer to launch uh my opinion could completely shift it, it looks like it's a it's a looks like a dope game it's just um for some reason there wasn't anything necessarily pulling me in at this very moment but uh as i said as more details come out maybe it'll be a game that i i bump up the list and you know happy for those people because this definitely was one of those games that when you were thinking about like um the the rumors and the leaks and the spoilers for this showcase, uh, Dragon's Dogma was not one of the ones that I was really hearing about leading up to the showcase. So uh, a genuine surprise, especially for a very hardcore base of fans. And so very awesome to see that trailer. Yeah, I don't... I, there aren't a lot of fantasy games that I'm into, and I don't even like them that much. So <laughs> Dragon, Dragon's Dogma 2 kind of trying to worm its way into my 
my backlog, I don't think it's going to happen. But I respect it. <laughs> it's great for the people who enjoy it. And I celebrate it. I support it. Oh, this is my winner of the uh, the showcase, the game that oh, I am most looking forward to. Oh, we're going. This one is the Plucky Squire. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> you got it right. So I'm going to read the IGN one, but it doesn't really set it up that well, the the breakdown. So the, the Plucky Squire looks like an adorable, fresh take on the top-down action adventure. And we got a new look at the game in a trailer today. The gameplay showed the Plucky Squire adventuring between storybook settings Storybook with a capital emphasis on storybook uh, settings and a real world living room. The game looks like it can it will constantly be shaking up the gameplay with all of the different storybook settings. The characters hop into so yeah, um, that's a game, tremendous undersell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so this game it's it is storybook in that like you literally are at points playing on a storybook like you you see the page <laughs> you see the ridges you're moving through it it's a straight up like um the aesthetic is very much like hand drawn at least it has that look and, and when you're in this one point when you're in the storybook so like you're playing and you know it's um looks like it's side scrolling as you're going through the storybook but then you get to the end of the page and the character exits the page and enters the real world. And so you now you have your 3D character and you're mm. moving through the world from that perspective. But then it just shows like it's you're kind of uh they put you on different areas. So you're popping in and out of the 2D and 3D space. So at one point you're out, you're like on a cupboard, you're playing through there, and then next thing you know, you're on uh, a cup <laughs> moving through the cup yeah. and playing the game through there and it just had this great look it had feels at time of like um say like fire emblem not fire emblem um ah, damn i'm trying to remember that game but it's like the one where you're walking you have like two characters walking behind you so you see like your your group with you at the time um and then uh yeah and it, it like you're going through the world so it seems like it seemed to me almost like an action adventure uh, I'm curious to see if it's action adventure RPG from that perspective because they didn't really go too in depth with like the combat. You just see you saw the character using the sword and a lot of story elements that had like just all the charm in the world. But I, I am curious to see if um if you do get companions because you had the the two dudes following you from behind and if that comes into the gameplay as well uh, from a more RPG perspective. But from what I saw, it looked like an absolutely awesome game, a very fresh take on, you know, things that I like. I, I never got too into the Paper Mario series, but I always loved it from a distance. So it had kind of feels of that. But then, you know, with the 3D aspects, it even did some things differently. And so, yeah, that knowing that it's going to be have some excellent uh i guess storytelling from that fantasy perspective uh it just had everything that i that i love from an aesthetic in certain types of games and this one looked very fresh i mean what did you think of it Ada, when you saw it i mean it's probably one of the more promising titles that i've seen in a long time it's it just hits so many notes but so effortlessly and all at once like it's it would have been very easy for any other developer to make it like, okay, you're this storybook character in their storybook world, and then you come out the book, and then there's the real world, and you could go back between the two. And, you know, that would have been fine. But with this game, it's less that there's two different worlds, the 2D and the 3D, and it it's all one world. 
that you're traversing and it just fluctuates between the 2D, the 3D, the side scrolling. And like, like you said, you're one minute, you're out the book, it's 3D and then you're on a cup and then you're on a drawing. But it's it's more than that. And that's why I feel this is such a an undersell because yeah, you're on the cup, but then there's gameplay on the cup. And then you're on a drawing, but the drawing is like, crinkled and folded so you're progressing in that kind of like one step at a time but then there's action on the drawing that's happening as well that you're avoiding while trying to navigate the structure of the art form as well as those challenges and then you're like you're navigating in 2d on 3d objects to then get to 3d to navigate it's it's crazy like it's that this is the kind of game that you know we would only think of or dream of back in the day but here it is in the flesh so yeah like you said there's companions it looks like there's like boss gameplay and there's there's just a lot of different things going on so what plucky squire kind of kind of conjures for me is like what if undertale had a bigger budget because undertale was a game where one minute it's a turn-based RPG, the next minute it's a mini game, the next minute it's a it's a rhythm game. It's, it just keeps going back and forth through different mechanics, and you're never quite sure what you're going to experience or what you're going to play from each moment. But people love the hell out of Undertale, so hopefully we see the same kind of enthusiasm and energy being directed toward the Plucky Squire. It's got the production values, it's got the art style. If the gameplay is there and it has just just enough depth no pun intended given the the switch from 2d to 3d and all that stuff but yeah if this kind of game it it looks like it just needs to do enough to be great so if it goes above and beyond that then hey we just got blessed but if not it, it's still one of the more inventive and innovative titles that i've seen in a very long time so i'm excited for plucky squire i will 100 percent be keeping an eye out for that Oh, what you got next? Hey, oh, you know what I got next. <laughs> you want to bring out the squire? I'm going to bring out the blade. Yes. <laughs> so this game was a total surprise at the show. Uh, a lot of the games we've seen before, heard before, some are sequels, some are, you know, some are more interesting than others. However, this game, Phantom Blade Zero, it, personally, this is my game of the show. A-Dub, you know me. I'm all about martial arts love me some Sekiro love Ghost Tsushima this game looks to be some kind of marriage between those two games I mean it's it's heavily Asian influence I mean you got the what looks like the the Chinese lion kind of parade mannequin that people get in and run around in for Chinese New Year and stuff that looks like a boss there's some myth mystical elements it's a largely black and white kind of looking game with little hints of color and we're following this character it's got a blade on his back hopefully that's the phantom blade and he's moving through this world and eventually it comes time for conflict and this is where something intriguing turns into something borderline spectacular because the combat isn't just you know hit block hit hit it's 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 straight out of film like you're blocking every hit. There's rhythm and music to just the sound of the combat. Your your movements and your your 
what is it like not so much your move like your attacks and your defenses it isn't it's more than just hold this button do this slash him look for an opening it's like oh he's throwing a flurry i'm blocking flurry oh two guys up slash him back over here slash him jump around stab it's i can't describe it i highly recommend that if you're listening to this show if you trust and believe in our opinions and our viewpoints check out phantom blazer uh this game is coming it's coming from the foundations of a mobile game, and this is their console game. So the IGN blurb says it's a new hack and slash RPG set in the Phantom World, a place where Chinese kung fu, steampunk, and more converge. The game will feature fast-paced sword combat taking place in a bleak and punishing semi-open world. The game does not yet have a release date or release window. Uh, just based off what we see, like we saw the combat, you can face multiple enemies. It's all done in just this really fluid, polished manner where it doesn't even it doesn't even look like a game is being played at certain points. It just looks like pure cinema. Like this is the kind of combat that used to only be the territory of cutscenes, but now it's in player control. And yeah, you're fighting multiple enemies, you're fighting a boss and one minute you're in his face, jumping around, even utilizing the environment to like gain the high ground and traverse. Whereas, you know, most games, it's like, all right, I'm here, I'm fighting the boss. It, we're just gonna move around each other and keep exchanging blows until one of us falls. But this one looks to finally make good on bits of melee action that haven't really been materialized in gaming yet where you aren't just swiping at a dude you're like using the room to your benefit oh he's doing a big aoe attack let me back up hide behind this pillar get through that animation come back out jump over these rafters come behind them hit him head uh, there's even a scene where the character is is driving a horse-drawn carriage and then two enemies on horseback come up on them on either side. And while you're driving the horse-drawn carriage, you're fighting these two enemies as if you were standing on the ground in like a, a Sekiro or something. It's just as stylish, just as deadly, and even something so mundane as just navigating the open world turns into this spectacle of just action ballet. I, I can't say enough about this game. I want to see more of it. I want a release date. AMC, how did you feel about Phantom Blazer? Yeah, this game looked absolutely awesome. Um, so much going on. Uh, immediately, it just catches your eye with the the, the pairing that ting, 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 ting. It's something that you always like imagine when you're playing a a, um, a sword fighting game. And like as of right now, it's been very methodical, which is which works perfect for the parry system. It's like they do a slice, you do a parry, mm -hmm. but this is where you're just like. Your matrix, your matrixing, like like hundred hundred parry, hundred parries with hundreds. Like it felt like part anime, part like um you know samurai like classic, and it had had everything going for it. I'm curious to see once like we get the uh the full details of the gameplay, how its parry system works. Like is is there like a like a posture damage in any type of way? Like how like how long can you parry? I like that you're 
fighting it's set up to fight multiple enemies because like that spot where he's parrying and then all of a sudden he does the slice and the kick at the same time yes both enemies to enemies on either side of yeah um also like something that we don't really get from you know from the the bloodborne games and games of the past uh or like similar games i mean i guess we got it in ghost of tsushima but in this one i like that there were different stages to the game so it gave it a little more of a cinematic feel um as far as like you know you're doing your battle at one point and then next thing you know it's like you're in a cart and you're you're fighting the two enemies on the side of you riding their horses so like it, it seems like there's going to be moments like very memorable moments within the game and yeah there's not much more there i just the from the little details i heard it's um it's not open world but you know it's like that that in between <laughs> so yeah. so but which is good because from what they described it it will be more of a crafted world from that sense. open linear <laughs> yeah so it'll be more crafted in that way and i imagine there'll be a lot more storytelling so um if you were kind of a person who liked you know that bloodsport that bloodsport bloodborne style or you know uh soul style Sekiro style of combat but you also wanted maybe more narrative or more more of a linear style i guess that was Sekiro. um then you can look forward to that in this game and yeah i'm, I'm curious to see how their their combat will differ from the games that we've gotten so far up to this point whether it's ghost of tsushima or Sekiro. um but yeah it's game look absolutely awesome i love that um the characters had a different feel like it wasn't as grounded as say a ghost of tsushima like they look like there were some like devil looking people the, the character very that was, mystical elements yeah the um seeing that that one character is really cool that was looked like an enemy where he's like switching his faces yeah. <laughs> from, like from mood to mood uh so it seems like there's a lot of thought into each and every aspect of this game so um yeah really interested to see what um is coming with this game what it has to offer because just from you know just from a visual point i think everybody you know the ups and downs with this conference was definitely one of the 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 big points the the games that when you're you know you know what's coming based off of what's leaked but then there are certain games that you can't really leak them because you know it's not a follow-up to anything it's not directly biting off of any, anything so if they were to say like oh this developer is putting out yada 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 phantom sword it's like well what does that mean and so this was like this is the perfect style of game for these style of showcases where there's nothing that you could draw from that could possibly ruin you know the anticipation for it and so just getting this being completely surprised and delighted and knowing that there is a game that you'll for sure be playing down the line as far as like this um you know sword combat it's just another great one and it seems like we're going to be quickly moving into a renaissance because i know assassin's creed was also they got their kind of ninja game uh coming assassin's um, creed Ray. yeah so we we got a little bit of a renaissance coming here and so we'll get all different styles of these games and i am very looking forward to what this one will have to offer <laughs> oh yeah well, what else are you looking forward to uh you know we talked about as just discussing games that you know were kind of rumored or possibly leaked and so you know might have taken a little bit of the excitement out of it but you know this one was still a big one regardless because at least it's now confirmed and that being metal gear solid delta remake <laughs> they have three written here who were wondering was like is that a triangle what is that supposed to mean but from, delta alpha yeah, beta delta, delta number three <laughs> how yeah. do you how do you play metal gear for decades and not understand <laughs> 
Yeah, they're changing it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Is it a new IP? Is Sony money hat? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, PlayStation announced a remake of Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. None of the game itself was shown as we instead got a big mysterious teaser trailer leading up to Snake's big reveal in the woods, in the in the jungle. Uh, PlayStation also announced that, oh, this is also uh, an announcement to the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1, implying mm. that there might be a Volume 2, mm. which includes Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, and Metal Gear Solid 3 snake eater not delta which is coming to playstation 5 sometime this fall so yeah um yeah we got a a, a cg trailer where you know it's like we, we start with the ants then we work our way up and then we got like a frog and then we got a bird carrying a frog yeah. <laughs> and then the snake takes out everything and the next thing you know we see the real snake yeah. <laughs> and that's the that's snake us. eater yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's um, that's a glimpse, you know. As as we heard, um, there are all these rumors about PlayStation signing a deal with Konami. A lot of the speculation was PlayStation was going to be getting, um, you know, Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater remake. Uh, the assumption was going to be an exclusive, but what we learned is actually it'll be multi-platform, um, so everybody will be able to play it. And yeah, and now it's confirmed that it is coming. So Konami is back a dub. Maybe not fully back. Yeah, them, not fully back. <laughs> but they're, they're at least letting people work with their IP. So, Ada, what did you think of the reveal of Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater? Well, initially, I thought that Sony was unveiling their response to Grounded. <laughs> at, the, at the giant ant and the dead frog. I was like, oh, shit, did get that ground? <laughs> did Sony get grounded, too, somehow? I don't know. But, yeah, it's... Cinematic trailer, it was nice to see that just PS5 quality snake <laughs> coming out of the shadows. So, well, I mean, I've, I've seen Knees, little Knees, he was playing Snake Eater. And, you know, I played one, two, four, and five. For some reason, I skipped three. I don't know. But two was my favorite. So it's nice to be getting the original two in that master collection. Maybe I'd be down to play Metal Gear Solid 3 at some point. And if I do, it'll more than likely be Delta. This is good news. Glad to see Snake coming back to the front lines and in spectacular fashion. Looking forward to seeing gameplay visually, if this is any indication of what to expect from this, this remake of a classic iconic entry in the franchise and i think that we have good things to look forward to so be keeping an eye on this one and also any other potential konami news if they're opening the doors like this then there's hope for other franchises within their portfolio such as you know the castlevanias maybe even zone of the enders still hoping for a three there we'll just have to see uh the big question though is kojima involved is he back with is he back is he allowed in the uh in the building again <laughs> or does sony like finagle some deal like no let's just get these other guys to do it all right we're gonna get coach man in the back door <laughs> have him on the consult yeah that would be interesting i mean i i, I highly doubt the way that that thing ended but who knows maybe that is the case you know maybe you're you're honest something maybe with the with the gameplay reveal we learned that kojima they allowed him to give a little bit of input to to ensure that this game is is successful and is is true to uh, you know 
to what Kojima had to offer. <laughs> Why doesn't Konami just sell the IP? Just be done with it. Let the let the gaming world have its champion. Let them have it on their terms. It just just wipe your hands clean and walk away from the table. I don't know. I think Konami would do well to just sell their IPs. However, they seem to be opening up and letting their stuff see the light of day again. So that's a win. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, what you got up next, Ada? What do I have up next? Pick up the next list that is now disappearing before my eyes. Uh, let me see. Well, we got some good news. It's coming a day before A-Dub's birthday. Sorry for referring to myself in the third person so much, but you know, it's, it's a big week. Uh, we finally got a more in-depth look at Alan Wake 2, 2, 2. <laughs> so yes, this is the long-awaited sequel to the classic Alan Wake, previously an Xbox exclusive. Now I believe the I believe it's multi-platform now, or at least the remake is, but we're getting the sequel. It's coming this year, October 17th. And we got a little more information about exactly how we will be engaging with this new page, this new chapter in the book of Alan Wake. We're going to be splitting time between Alan Wake himself and the new playable character, Saga Anderson. So this is an African-American woman, works for the FBI. She's investigating what went on with the whole Alan Wake situation. And as she's getting into it, she's getting drawn into it. So she's going to be seeing all the same monsters and being involved in all the dark horror that made Alan Wake so iconic. And given what we've learned about the Alan Wake universe with the release of Control and the soon-to-be Control 2. We know that those universes intertwine. So with Saga Anderson getting involved, being there in an official capacity with the FBI, perhaps we'll see some overlap with the Federal Bureau of Control. Maybe we'll see a little guest spot by Jesse Faden. Who knows? But Alan Wake 2 is looking pretty awesome. Looks nice and creepy and horrific. So... I'm excited about that. I may finally pull the trigger on the Alan Wake franchise and see what all the fuss is about. AMC, I know you're not a horror guy. I know you haven't gotten into the original Alan Wake. I know you had a little interest with the Dead Space remake. Is Alan Wake 2 something that you're going to be keeping your eye on? Um, no, probably not. Uh, I, I, the big one I want to play is Control. Uh, eventually get to that, but you know, from what I've heard about these games, they they sound interesting. Um, and I mean, everybody loves them, so there is that appeal there. But um, no, I mean, Control is Control would be my my gateway drug <laughs> to that universe. So if I play oh, Control, it's so and, good, man. Yeah, if I play Control and just based off of everything that I watched when you were playing, looks like a game that I would love. And so I play that. Maybe I love that. And then knowing that the worlds are connected, jump into Alan Wake 1, play that, and then Alan Wake 2, and then uh, enjoy that. So, um, yeah, got no problem with that. Uh, can't wait to to hear what you, what do you, where are you at? Are you definitely playing Alan Wake 2? It's. It's uh, it's up on my list. I mean, you know me, female protagonist, especially of the Black Persuasion. Uh, Alan Alan woke. <laughs> Alan woke. Yes, <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't seen more of that. So you know what? 
I take that as a positive good on the gaming community for not being predictable and toxic as they usually are. And we're, we're finally getting that new hotness without none of that garbage attached. So it's definitely up on my list now. You know me, I love survival horror. Uh, Remedy has successfully gotten me on board with the Alan Wake universe by way of control. So yeah, this is something once October comes around, if I'm not just slaughtering the minions of hell in Diablo 4 or playing Starfield or playing Baldur's Gate, then I will totally make some time for Alan Wake 2 after I complete the original, either in its original format or in the remake fashion. So it's nice to... Like, dude, we get new games and then those new games also spark us to occasionally go back and check out old games. So in getting a sequel to Alan Wake and a sequel to Control, two games I'm looking forward to, I also have a third game that's going to be on my list that I didn't even know I was going to have to be interested in. So this is a net positive. I'm loving it. Looking forward to it. Like Remedy has a blank check with me. They've had one since the first two Max Pains. And yeah, with Control, it's just... Just show me what you guys are doing, and I'll more than likely be there. All right, Dub. I think I'm just going to jump right to the big one. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is how they ended it. This is how they needed to end it. This is what everybody was one expecting. Everybody, what everybody's looking forward to, and for the most part, walked away extremely positively. No, nothing having to ah. do with the game as far as the the one knock, but it's right here in Ijin right up. While we I didn't was get a little worried that they were going to finish the showcase without showing this. I was like, is somebody about to do this? <laughs> just, <laughs> just, yeah. Um, so yeah, while this IGN, while we didn't get a release date for Spider-Man 2, so that was the the one knock on this. Uh, we did get a lengthy gameplay showcase featuring both Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and Miles Morales. Yes. Pete's new moveset revolves around the symbiote suit while we saw some flashy new moves from Miles 2. The trailer trailer also revealed another Spidey villain, Craven the Hunter. So that like does not set it up at all. But it was a very <laughs> like they said lengthy. It was a long trailer. We got a ton. It was like a, a straight up like uh I want to say like 10 minute just showcase of the video game. We got yes. all different aspects. We can jump from, you know, the initial reveal of, of Craven just icing a dude with his bare hands in the middle of the jungle. For nothing. <laughs> yeah. Smash cutting to Spider-Man in his symbiote suit and all its glory with the I don't know if you ever watched the the Spider-Man cartoon from like the 90s, but there's like a scene where he gets he gets the symbiote suit and he's he's chasing after shocker in a bell tower and he's just screaming get back here shocker (laughs) that is to me that is an academy award-winning voice performance (laughs) i'll chase you to the ends of the earth (laughs) he's just screaming "Ah!" Um, i wish i wish i could have been there for the recording of those sessions because whoever that voice actor is that person needs to be back in the spotlight yeah um and it was it was great you got all the uh just the anger and angst that comes along with the symbiote suit um what's it called um uh so i just wanted to look this up real quick just uh yeah and you know yuri lowenthal <laughs> you know doing the voice, <laughs> also does the voice of sasuke so it had all of that sasuke 
um evil energy going <laughs> from not interesting i did not know that yeah yeah and like once somebody pointed that out and then i listened to it i was like oh that's straight up sasuke's voice <laughs> so i just needed to double confirm that but yeah it's um so they they got the right person to do that you know that that i'm i'm a conflicted and angry individual who's trying to get stuff done and based off of you know the way spider-man one ended won't get into those spoilers he does have a little bit to be pissed off about <laughs> I don't know, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah and then you give him the suit and he's acting on all of that it's great so we're gonna see that we're gonna see and even from that perspective um you know okay yeah, so we'll, we'll I'm, you can go through the rest of the trailer but um what's great is you know we get miles we see he have an you see Peter and Miles have an interaction and he's like this is not the Peter that I'm expecting. So from mm-hmm. that it's great because we now we knew that it was going to be Miles and and Peter in this game, but now we have the role is very much established in that like Miles is going to be you know he's going to be us. He's he's going to have our perspective like what is what is going on with my homie? <laughs> and then Peter is going to be this somewhat anti-hero in the game. Um and so yeah, to see that dynamic it almost justifies even more like you know, I didn't question it to begin with with having Miles and Peter there, but knowing that that's going to be the, the dynamic between those two characters, I'm very much looking forward to see seeing how that comes into play, how maybe Miles eventually ends up like you know, saving his boy from, you know, from totally like just going off the cliff and, you know, just his mind. yeah. Um, bringing him back down to earth in, in some ways. So just loving that love, loving seeing the, uh, the symbiote suit and how that's going to, you know, be utilized and just, just wrecking dudes while talking trash the entire time. So, you know, you know, people have like complained about, uh, games being too dialogue heavy but i think that this is gonna be one of those games that's gonna get away with it because that that is a thing with you know spider-man is he he talks to himself all the time um mm-hmm. and it's going and to just villains. yeah and it's just gonna add that much more uh of a layer to peter parker as like you know his motivations as you're like in combat and you're doing these much more aggressive uh <laughs> moves to like take down enemies um yeah they they mentioned also we saw a little bit more of what miles is going to have to offer in his takedowns and his uh his you know his more tech oriented abilities uh and yeah when we saw the quick time events and the in the chase scenes it was great i mean you, you you let me know right beforehand what i was about to see with miles and, and his traversal through the world um i heard oh people mentioning you know the the glider and what that's going to offer to the game also now so there's a lot going on but a double let you get into it what did you think when you saw this reveal of spider-man 2's gameplay well at first i thought that they were really about to just upset the world if they just made a hard cut on that craven scene and we're just like yeah fall 2023 <laughs> like what you just hit us with a cg but then they came back they showed us the spider-man gameplay uh immediately it looks like the spider-man games that you know and love but then once things actually get into action you're used to the combat you're used to the button prompts however you know that during combat, you do your combos, you get your special moves. It's when these special moves go off that you start to see a slightly improved visual quality and polish to it all. Like it, it looks even more cinematic somehow, which I fully don't understand. Like the the finishing moves in the combat damn near look like cutscenes, which is just off the wall, and that's a testament to the the talent 
and dedication that Insomniac has to this IP as well as their games in general. Uh, personally, I've with the black suit, like I'm kind of of two minds. The one mind is that I always loved it aesthetically. Black Spider-Man suit, that shit is hard. Functionally, I wasn't always really a fan and, and this this presentation of the black suit kind of knocks on the things that I dislike about it. Just all the like the goop in the tendril oriented combat. It's not really for me, but I do respect it as a part of the game. And as part of the journey of Peter to become the Spider-Man that we all know him to truly be. So I am excited for it in that respect. Uh, it has a pretty diverse move set. As much as I'm not a fan of the tendrils and the goop, there's a lot of it. And there are a lot of different ways you can utilize it to incapacitate your enemies. There's a lot of ranged attacks. There's a lot of just really powerful, like my entire arm swells and sticks you against the Hummer. And then I grab you with the tendrils and throw you between the buildings, grab all four of you and slam you on the ground, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. It's you can feel the rage and the anger in in Peter as okay. Sorry, technical difficulties yeah, so, again. Yeah, so I was saying, like, uh, the game does a good job of demonstrating the dynamic between Miles and Peter as they work collaboratively to take down threats. Like Peter will be doing one thing with a bunch of mercenaries, taking them all down. He'll hear a tip or some information, know that he's out of position basically and he can't do anything about it he'll radio miles and then that's when you get the option to to switch which spider-man you are it cuts to miles he's ready to take on the situation and then in just the most spectacular demonstration of spider powers i have ever seen and also i'll i'll let you know about a little a little link and hopefully it's not too spoilery but we see miles he gets the he gets the tip from Peter and immediately springs into action, like quite literally. He he does his his webs on a couple posts, builds up the tension, and launches himself clear across two or three city blocks, high speed, high altitude, just soaring through the sky off of one launch, switches to the wingsuit, gliding between buildings, getting the air boost, and getting to his getting to his um get into his objective with very little swinging involved and when he did that launch see you haven't watched season six of my hero academia <laughs> so if if you had had that image in your head when you saw that because um basically deku gets gets a pretty interesting combo together where it allows him to achieve speeds that are on par with all might in his prime and it's very similar to what miles did to shoot himself across the city so that's as much as i'll say on the my hero spoilers because i know i know you got to get in there but just oh man seeing that it was just like miles is deku this is amazing <laughs> so we got that miles gets there he's handling business he's got his just expressive freestyle type swing in and all his maneuvers and things. We see him in combat doing his stealth. You're able to send out web lines that you can then walk on and change directions. So you're no longer bound 
by the structure of an interior in order to set up your takedowns and maneuver through a level. You can utilize your gadgets and your technical know-how to set yourself up for more opportune takedowns against a greater number of enemies. Then, of course, there's the combat, which is always going to be juicy. Environments look outstanding. The storytelling looks to be very well-paced, fluid. Uh, you're, you're going through interiors. You're going through exteriors. You're doing your classic Spider-Man chase scenes, cinematic set pieces. And just with the whole introduction of Craven the Hunter to the IP, you have a villain that isn't anyone's friend. So he's not looking to take down Spider-Man. He's not looking to execute some master plan. He came to New York so he could hunt all the big bads and the, the heroes of the region to add to his trophy case. So you're, you're in, you're in it and you're fighting against Craven and his interests, but you're also trying to, protect the people that Spider-Man knows and loves who may not be on his side as well. So it, it, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of like different conflicts that arise. And then you add that to Spider-Man having the black suit and losing his mind and, you know, having to work with Miles, but also Peter getting careless, like really careless <laughs> on a deadly level. So there, there's a lot of circumstances and a lot of situations that could go on. In this new game, uh, we don't know anything about the growth and the progression of the black suit. So that's still, quote unquote, no pun intended, a black box, sort of. And as much as they showed in the showcase, I feel like there's just a whole lot more we haven't seen that they're keeping close to the chest, especially when it comes to that release date. We're still on schedule for fall. And I think that's the thing that people need to take away from this is like, yeah, you didn't get a release date, but you know what else you didn't get? A delay. So let's just rejoice. <laughs> We're seeing more of the game that we want to see. Apparently it's still on schedule. So these are, these are big wins. This is a big way to close the show. I was very satisfied when I saw Spider-Man take the stage. AMC, anything else to add? Uh, yeah, nothing nothing else really to add here. Um, Spider-Man was awesome. So I guess now we can get into our our thoughts on, you know, this the, the whole showcase, our highs. We kind of mentioned our highs and uh, mentioned some of the lows, but overall, what did you, what did you think about the, the whole Sony showcase? They do? Well, initially when I watched it, the day of the broadcast, while personally... I felt it was a solid show because let's look at what we're really dealing with here. Yeah, they didn't show things that we expected them to show. They didn't show things we wanted them to show. But they showed us a ton of new IPs, some of which we haven't even gone into detail about on this show today. They showed a ton of new IPs. They showed a dedication to PSVR 2 as a format. Uh, we got the Resident Evil 4 VR mode that's coming sometime next year or being developed. We don't know when it's going to come. Uh, we also saw more of Synapse, which is a pretty cool game. I think that's going to be a surprise hit in the VR space. Mark my words, but not too carefully, just in case it's not a hit. And yeah, man, I think so. I think Sony did 
what they needed to do with this show was to show people that, hey, we're more than just the things that you expect from us. We're more than just the things that you want from us. Uh, I, I'm going to echo the sentiments of other other shows and other content creators in that I think that it was a, as a state of play, it was great, but as a Sony showcase, not so much. However, I do appreciate what they showed. I think it was a strong showing and I'm looking forward to whatever else they have to follow that as the year rolls on. AMC, how did you feel? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I said my highs and my highs were definitely, was that Phantom Sword, uh, the Hover Sword game, mm-hmm. the uh, Lucky Squire. Yeah, that game had a sword too. All yeah. Of um, yeah, and then Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2, big one. Because I was, you know, it's weird. I, I skipped over Miles and there was a little bit of a, um, like, am I not really like just into, like, there wasn't a guarantee, I'll say, that I was going to play Spider-Man 2. Um, just because there was like a, like, why did I skip Miles? Like, maybe I just need a break from Spider-Man. And then I see Spider-Man 2 and it's like, damn, do I need to go back and play Miles, actually? <laughs> because this game might have to, man. And I want to know, like, I want to just get those story elements of Miles now before I jump into this game. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I would say from that perspective, I'll, one thing I always say is that if you show me, if you give me a state of play, whatever, whatever showcase, and there are a couple games that I would buy from it, then it's already a victory for them because it's they're in the business of moving units. They, they, don't, they don't need me to buy every game. They just need me to buy a couple games. And so with that, they were able to definitely get that from me. So I'll say special from that standpoint. Um, as far as, you know, reveals and the way things were handled, there are certain things that like, you know, I would nitpick and that, you know, it's a showcase. And I'm, I'm very much of like, of the mind that if we know a game is coming within a month or two, then you can keep it off of the showcase, uh, especially if you've already done like a state of play around the game. And it, it, you, you probably know where I'm going with that. Uh, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 16, I didn't need to see, you know, a lengthy trailer like that. The game already looks great. I know that they want to remind people, hey, go out and buy Final Fantasy. So I get it from that marketing perspective. But from having um, sat through, you know, like a great state of play that was like, you know, what, like 15 minutes dedicated to Final Fantasy. Um, I had seen more than enough of that game. And so I was kind of just at a point. I was like, oh, like, you know, I, I would have preferred to see a different game in that place. Not necessarily even like a, a first party game, just another game in that spot. Uh, same thing with Street Fighter VI. Um, seeing a lot of Street Fighter VI. So it was, you know, there were just kind of moments where it was like Street Fighter VI don't really need Final Fantasy sixteen don't really need um, Gran Turismo movie trailer. I know that they want to do like, you know, we're, we're a cross media like um, company. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, a lot of people were there for games and it, it kind of felt not you know not as big of a um like oh like what are you doing i rolly i'm a checkout mentally but you yeah. know like when people were knocking you know xbox with the xbox was it one and they're like look yeah. you can you can watch tv through your xbox <laughs> it's you can, like you can order a pizza watch yeah pull, pull up all your fantasy stats <laughs> while watching a game through your xbox remember there's just a lot of ours like you know, this is stuff that you might have like wanted to say for like you know like a GDC like like a, yeah. like a developers thing or even like a even CES <laughs> yeah exactly um, and so with that like showing showing a movie trailer is just like it wasn't a thing that like you know I'd already watched the trailer for Gran Turismo and um, you know like I'm kind of you were kind of in or, in or out of it um, 
as it was just from the announcement of it. And so to, to sit there and show it again, I just felt like it was, once again, it was like more time that could have been shown for video games. Uh, I am, uh, I'm not personally interested in the queue, but I'm happy that they showed us it because it, you know, it had been rumored what this handheld device is going to be. And knowing that it's going to be dedicated, a, a, you know, a cloud streaming dedicated device for, you know, sharing, basically sharing your PlayStation to a smaller screen. It's something cool. Something that like, even for me, like would possibly come in handy depending on the price point being that, um, I keep my, I bring the switch upstairs, like, um, when I'm working to, to play that, but the PlayStation, it's like, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a bigger machine <laughs> to like, uh, to disconnect and move all the way upstairs to like play during the day. Um, since I'm not sitting in front of it. And so to have like this device that I could then, you know, stream from my PlayStation, like a game like Midnight Suns that doesn't require like a ton of like, you know, perfect latency. Like like how you would need in like a Street Fighter Six, um, there is an appeal from that. Um, so I would I am curious mm-hmm. to see what the price is going to be for that. But you know, um, to go- happy to see that. But yeah, once again, like you know, I thought that the game reveals were good. Um, we knew about Snake Eater, so unfortunately for me, I I similar to you, I actually worse. I I played Metal Gear Solid, Skip Two, so that's one of those ones that like if they were gonna remake that, I would be happily to go back and play. Snake Eater, yeah, that's like everybody's favorite. Snake Eater was one of those ones that uh, I just never was. uh, There's something about it that didn't really pull me in. I'm I'm not heavily. It's a game that's all about like sneaking and whatnot, and I felt like Snake Eater was like taking that to another level. And for some reason, that just didn't appeal to me. Um, And through the jungle, you ain't ready for that. (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, I played Metal Gear Solid Four. Absolutely loved that game, and then I. Was it a Phantom Pain? Got that, and I quit that after a few hours. So there is a part of me that like is like you know happy to see that Snake Eater was announced. Happy to see a gameplay reveal to see what's going on there in the remake. Because I know there are a lot of updates, especially control wise, that people are looking forward to with Snake Eater. So we'll get those quality of life improvements, but also to just see what they do from the ground up to make it a little bit differently, make it a little bit different from the original Snake Eater. Uh, I'm curious to see what's going on there, but. Personally, yeah, after quitting Phantom Pain and, uh, you know, and skipping over uh, Snake Eater, it's, it's not one that I'm personally interested in. I, I actually was looking forward to when they, you know, the rumors are coming out with the Konami deal that there's possibly another Castlevania game coming. Hey, there might still be a Castlevania game coming, but to have it not revealed here, so that was like a little bit of a like, ah, Snake Eater, I... I wasn't as hyped on that as a possible uh, Castlevania reveal, but that's, you know, I'm not going to knock them to be like, oh, why can't you just make, bring this game out of thin air and make me happy? So, and I know that a lot of people are looking forward to Sneak Eater. So that's, I'm not going to like put myself in front of that one. And that's a, that's a big win to show that. And so I thought that was good. Um, and yeah, there's this whole thing from a console perspective, like we don't have to spend too much time, but people are just like, this was supposed to be the knockout blow. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it, it, once again, it just shows like, um that like you know it's one what does that really mean <laughs> like, like if, they, yeah. if they showed up strong does it mean microsoft's done and then yeah. it's like if anything i feel like what's good is there was a possible desperation effort i felt coming from microsoft in their in their uh showcase coming up in that like they might feel the need to just start announcing shit even if it's like 10 years off from now mm-hmm. like just to get people interested and so maybe with this showcase you know like we we got to see uh, a couple of exclusives but you know it wasn't we didn't get to see factions and um and what some of the other developers are working on so there is a uh 
there was a, a a part of me that like all right well good maybe microsoft doesn't feel the need to just start announcing just a ton of crap even though they have no idea when it's going to be coming out maybe they can mm-hmm. hold back a little bit um and and seem like a little less desperate even though people are going to still put it on them but this was like the thing where people are like oh microsoft you're taking too many l's with the showcase coming up <laughs> like and mm-hmm. the showcase comes in and people are like oh, okay maybe not like maybe maybe microsoft is okay for now <laughs> so that was um once again, it just shows like people put a lot of emphasis on certain things and they end up meeting nothing in the long run. Uh, another takeaway I would have also is it'll be interesting to see how Sony handles, you know, these uh, live service games. You know, there's this whole thing about the the initiative. We got 10 games coming, blah, blah, blah. And the only thing I will say about that based on the reaction so far to, you know, the live service announcements is that um, they're not going to be I think, like, maybe we'll see, but I think they're not going to be as splashy as maybe some of the uh, single-player announcements that will be coming. You know, it's just the reaction to a live service game is very, unfortunately, it's very much a let's wait and see. Like, yeah. what, like uh, how is this going to be monetized? Like, yada, yada, yada. How is this going to work? And a lot of a lot of um, live services based on it's it's like strictly gameplay because you're not really focused on game pl- on on a story, story. and a lot of like yeah. And so it's a lot of game. It's a lot of gameplay. And so if you have a cinematic trailer of a live service game, there's not a lot there to offer. And so I think that that's something that Sony's going to have to consider because um, you know we got. We got a couple of these coming, and so they they want to package these correctly, and so uh, they got to figure out a way to you know get a splash with these. And as I said, I think the biggest one would be just you know kind of getting away from the cinematic trailer because at least like you know people knock that foam star, but at least we got to see what was going on with that game. And based on that, I was like, well, we'll see. But like it was it didn't look like terrible. It didn't look terrible at all. Like yeah. I guess Splatoon vibes, but people like Splatoon. And so maybe people will end up enjoying this. And so I think that's a big thing. Like like um when it comes to the live service games is you got to show the gameplay because that's what's going to sell the game. And so that's something that um you know if they and I, I, I don't think Sony would do this, but if they do their like oh we got a big reveal and it's a live service game they got to make sure they come oh, people are going yeah. to be to you know just rip it to shreds and so they have to be somewhat upfront with their announcements if if it's going to be a live service as opposed to a single player experience absolutely um, but that was those are my big takeaways from you know the showcase did you did you get uh did you get everybody else's takeaways though Dub? when did you have your your finger on the pulse as to the reactions to you know the showcase. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a few of them. <laughs> got a few of them. You know, we're not the only people commenting. And as soon as my computer decides to be on top of some shit, we gonna talk <laughs> about it. But yeah, just um, getting to my personal takeaways, mm, a, yeah, a few yeah. things. The one thing that stood out to me, excuse me, man, I'm having a day today. But the, the one thing that stood out to me was how people, like leakers and insiders are really trying to, I guess, make a big deal about their importance and their involvement in the industries. Because leading up to the showcase, there were a number of rumors about, oh, this is what Sony's going to show. Oh, these are the studios that are going to be there. Oh, this is the thing that's going to show. And 90% of the stuff that was leaked was not shown. 
Like we were, we were told there was going to be factions. We were told Sony Ben is going to show off their new game. Oh, we're going to see what Sucker Punch is kind of making all this, all this and that. And none of that. It's like we we got to see Spider Man. Now we got to see Spider Man, Metal Gear Three remake or Metal Gear remake of, of any capacity. That's been rumored for at least a year, maybe two. So mm. years at this point, we just finally got confirmation of something that someone expected. But then the rest of the show was all new shit. So uh, I, I forget if I made this point at the outset, but I'll make this point again here. It's like, you may not have gotten what you wanted. You may not have seen the things that you expected to see based on what other people outside of Sony have told you to expect but you saw a whole lot of new shit and that's not to be taken lightly because as much as anyone might malign Sony for not showing the stuff that they wanted to see, they still have that stuff to show you. It's not like it doesn't exist. You just didn't get it today. So that that's that note just on leaks and, and insiders and people's unrealistic expectations. Another note is going into this whole tit for tat console war kind of thing that people are setting Microsoft and Sony up for. And this showcase itself should be proof positive that it's not like that. Or at least if it is like that, it's not on some reactionary, like they did this today. So we got to do the same thing now. And you need to start production on a game that's going to rival this. Like it's, it's not like that. Like Microsoft had some missteps with their big releases redfall didn't quite stick the landing so then people are looking to sony like oh it's time for the knockout punch it's time for them to bring out all the first parties and and put microsoft to bed and it's like it's not like that you guys it's like for everything that sony could show microsoft could show something else but in the end it's still going to be a bunch of stuff that we're waiting for. It could still be delayed. Things could still be canceled. Things could still be changed. It's it's not like, it's not like most of this is ironclad and it's not like Microsoft would have had to close up shop if Sony brought all their first parties already. And it's, it's all, it's also not like Sony fumbled the ball or missed an opportunity here because Microsoft has their own hole to dig themselves out of. This isn't Sony's opportunity to to bury them, and this isn't micro, like with Sony. Yeah, it's like if Microsoft's not bringing all their first parties, it's not Microsoft's chance to like, oh, you can get some ground back. It's like, dude, they still have the issues that they have. They gotta overcome that shit. They still have to demonstrate to people that these acquisitions mean something and that it's going to result in great games and. Believe me, I have no doubt that Microsoft will do that. It's just that we shouldn't fall into this largely manufactured trap of pitting them against each other as if they're just, as if they're in a pit slugging each other out for supremacy. It's, it's just not like that. Microsoft still has a chance. Sony still has a chance. They still have long-term plans. This generation is far from over. Nobody is going to be made or broken in this upcoming year. So those are my takes there. As far as the showcase itself, again, it wasn't, it wasn't everything that everyone expected it to be or wanted it to be, but it was still a strong showcase and it sets us up 
for the showcases to come later. I mean, watch the Skulls showcase for Warhammer, and they're continuing to turn out content, new IPs, new games for the Warhammer franchises. We're going to see Ubisoft forward. Um, fortunately, there's a game they're working on that's not going to be at Ubisoft forward. I believe it's uh, the Prince of Persia remake that's still in the conceptual phases working under a new studio. It's like stuff happening. But as far as having my finger on the pulse, there are other folks mm-hmm. who have their opinions and their assessments of Sony Showcase. Like to hear it here go. First troll says, Phantom Blade looks dope. Besides that, this showcase has been 15 minutes of dog shit meh. <laughs> Next troll says, greatness continues to await. Next troll says, I actually want this to end. This is painful. I'm guessing that was a a live update during the showcase. Next troll says, apparently all of Sony's interactive movie games aren't movie enough. Now they just show movies. (laughs) I'm guessing knocking the CG trailers, knocking the Gran Turismo trailers. Like, yeah, you say that, but you're going to see Gran Turismo. And you're going to share all your shitty opinions about it. And Sony's just going to count that money. Next troll says, PlayStation Showcase 2023. More like PlayStation, not actual gameplay 2023. (laughs) Next troll says, I knew this was going to be bad, but not this bad. This was embarrassing for Sony. Redfall looks great compared to some of the shovelware we just saw. Next troll says, this hurt my soul. Next troll says, that showcase was trash. Next troll says, garbage. Next one says, I spent an hour watching a 4 out of 10 showcase when I could have been playing a 5 out of 10 Redfall instead. Next troll says, I just seem to always make the worst decisions. <laughs> uh, another troll says, this could have been a tweet. And lastly, Troll says, okay, if Xbox can't beat that showcase, they should just pack it in altogether. Worst PlayStation showcase in history. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So th- th- those are just some of the opinions <laughs> from the from the blogosphere, from the interwebs. And I got to say, I can see... I can see where some people are coming from. I can sympathize with some of the sentiments. However, I think people were just looking for too much. They were just looking in all the wrong places instead of just taking what Sony said about the showcase at its word. They were going to show off PS5 games and PSVR 2 games. That's what they did. We got to see Spider-Man. We got a a fantastic reveal of what I'm hoping is going to be a hidden gem in Phantom Blade. We got to see Bungie's up to next. We Talos Principle 2, they announced that. We didn't even talk about it. There are people who are hyped about it. We got, got to see more Synapse. We know that a Resident Evil 4 VR mode is coming. We got to see Plucky Squire. You should be looking forward to that. And overall, solid showing. And that's all I'm going to take away from it. I think folks need to temper their expectations. 
Folks need to stop listening to leakers and insiders. This has become its own little cottage industry within within the games industry. And honestly, we need to be holding these people to, to more account than simply taking their word, being disappointed, and then taking their next word like, oh, maybe this is it. Like Metal Gear Remake, prime example. How long have people been rumoring that? Like, oh, they're going to show it at this show. Oh, they didn't show it there, but they're going to show it at this show. Oh, they're going to show it next year. Oh, they're going to reveal it today. Oh, wait, they're going to reveal it tomorrow. Oh, wait, they're going to reveal it next week. It's, can we just stop with all that bullshit? Like, just take the official statements and everything else. Speculate all you want, but when you start leaning into these things as, oh, this is what's going to happen, and if it doesn't happen, then they're on my shit list. Like, it's... It's ridiculous. And it's just manufacturing all this negativity and toxicity toward the companies that are trying to give us the products that we want, as well as to introduce us to ones that we didn't even know that we wanted. Um, speaking of the negativity, that was another point I wanted to make. Like there's this manufactured negativity toward Xbox where in this artificial pressure on Starfield to be something better than it probably ever could be because oh this is this is their last chance to get goodwill with everybody and to restore their public image. It's like, no, it's not. Microsoft is gonna be here. They just bought like a two dozen studios. They're trying to get Activision still under their under their umbrella. Like Microsoft is going to continue to cook up things and continue to try to win people over as much as it takes until eventually they decide, hey, maybe gaming's not for us. Maybe we want to go in a different direction. So they're already on the Game Pass thing. They're already trying to get all their products on as many devices as possible. They've already shown you that they're more geared toward offering you value through their service rather than offering you like individual titles. I don't want to say that they don't want to offer you hit games or big games because they want to do that too. At the same time though, they have other motives and a whole other business plan in mind. So we should just take their lead, take them at their word and just let's see where the chips may fall. Sony, this was their show to make a statement and their statement was that we're trying out this live service thing. We have a bunch of offerings. We're still bringing you single player content, still bringing you new IPs. Everything can coexist. And that was that was the buildup to this whole showcase was we got the news that Sony was putting out the live service games between now and 2026. So people are getting in the fuss like, oh, they're abandoning single player and they're shifting the live service. Clearly they are. They just gave you a show that was split between single player offerings and live service offerings to multi-platform exclusive. They're still doing all the same things that we know and love them for. They're just adding another facet to their portfolio. So we should give them the space to either win us over or let us keep playing in the single player space that they are keeping nice, tidy and carved out just for us. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, the only thing I'd add with that is like, kind of like everything you iterated, but uh, or reiterating everything you said in that, yeah, it gets kind of ridiculous when 
we would be more excited for a game if it was announced to be an exclusive. So like Snake Eater, if it was announced and then it was like, and it's Sony exclusive, people would be like, oh, that's a big win. Like maybe talking mm-hmm. about Snake Eater. But the moment it was announced that it was like, if Microsoft made a point to be like, we're going to let everybody know which one of these games are coming to our platforms. Uh, um, yeah, it, that it, tweet was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, um, it, it it for some reason it takes some of the uh like oh this was this is a huge thing like it, because people are, are expecting everything to be like a like oh take that microsoft and take this microsoft and so if they're announcing things that are going to be on xbox then people are like oh well like then why even bother announcing it <laughs> it's like so you wouldn't want to hear about like yeah. metal gear snake eater um and it's only because that it's multi-platform that now we don't care about it uh so yeah it's like one of those weird things like painting everything through that that lens like it just it takes away what we're here for and that's our excitement for video games but mm-hmm. you know people are going to always make it about everything other than that and so like it was it was just kind of funny to kind of see the reaction versus like watching it and understanding that like oh because this is what people this is all that people care about this is what drives like they don't have anything like it was like almost like you know in sports games the art, uh, a lot of writers they'll ha- like if they know a way that a game is going like this team is going to win then they already start writing their article for that like leaning towards that and then all of a sudden that team that was losing will come back and win the game they're like fuck i gotta rewrite this entire article now and it's almost like they had the, all their podcasts ready to go all their articles ready to go saying that like xbox defeated by sony with the playstation showcase this like yeah. like further further like uh like like picturing like further displaying the downfall of xbox and all the missteps that they've made up until this point fire phil spencer and because they couldn't write that it's now like all right well, what's the other clickbaity thing sony disappoints sony yeah. lets down everybody and like so now it looks like sony had a bad press conference which was far from that which is like you know it's kind of funny it's why like a part of me is happy that we've gotten away from E3 because that's all E3 eventually became what got boiled down to was like, all right, Xbox is going to go on Sunday, then Sony's going to go on Monday. I get it. And then Nintendo is going to have their treehouse and we're going to compare. We're going to like show our notes and see who did better. And that's like all it came down to as opposed to what dope games are announced and what games are we looking forward to playing down the line. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh it's annoying but it is what it is it's it's what drives conversation and so that's why we don't spend too much time on it other than in the troll of the week segment troll of the week troll of the week yeah it's troll of the week troll of the week, troll of the week. Troll of the week. yeah what are you gonna say it it all it all come it, it just keeps coming back to the source of manufacturing this console war and manufacturing this tension where there isn't like i think in your example about the writers like picking picking the winner and starting their stories they should take a note from the t-shirt vendors outside of like sporting events you make two shirts (laughs) and you sell the one that's right (laughs) if it's the if it's the packers versus uh, the fucking steelers in the super bowl you make two championship shirts (laughs) And you just ship off the ones that don't apply to like Africa and watch the losing team be champions in another mm-hmm. country. So it's, but at the same token, like you said, like it, they couldn't make it like, oh, Microsoft did this. So they had to make it like, oh, PlayStation failed in some way when 
Somebody's got to lose. <laughs> yeah. Somebody has to lose. Somebody's got to click these articles. There has to be some call to action on one side or the other. Like, well, they did this, so you have to do this. Or they didn't do this, so now you need to do this. It's yeah. like that. all they need to do is continue to show us new compelling content every time that they try to get our attention. And that's all that it takes. Like, I'm looking forward to what Microsoft has to show. This is their time to shine. I hope they don't make the foolish mistake of overextending themselves and playing into this community-based nonsense where it's like, oh, well, Sony didn't do it, so now it's Microsoft's chance. It's like, chill the fuck out, man. Just let Microsoft bring the stuff that's ready so that they can show it off. We know we're getting a Starfield showcase. We're also getting an Xbox showcase. Hopefully some stuff in the Xbox stable is closer to being done. I'd like to see more about Avowed. I'd like to see what Perfect Dark is going to look like. I'd finally like to get a look at gameplay of Halo. It's like, there's a lot of open-ended questions when it comes to what both, what both platform holders are making. And I think we should focus on getting the answers to those questions rather than expecting them to just to keep slugging each other in the face for our amusement like just because microsoft shows this doesn't mean sony has to show the naughty dog game just because sony shows the naughty dog game doesn't mean microsoft has to show fable it's if stuff is ready show it if it isn't don't and let the chips fall where they may let people bitch whine and complain all they want but the one thing that isn't going to change is that we're all gamers we're all here for great games and wherever the great games are that's where we're going to go so let's just enjoy this season it's nice and cool i think uh, the the what is it the meteorologist said this is going to be the coolest summer since 2017 so let's enjoy this this calm weather and calm ourselves down as we enjoy all this new greatness we still have a year packed with some of the greatest games that we're going to be playing for the next few years. We still have a laundry list of unknowns from all corners of the industry, not just PlayStation and Xbox, but I mean, I still wanted to see Ubisoft Massive's Star Wars game. Maybe we'll see that instead of the Prince of Persia remake. I want to see what Square is cooking up other than Foam Stars. Like they got to have something else in the mix, especially after all the restructuring and selling off of their Western studios. I want to see, I want to see what everybody's doing. And I want everything everybody's doing to be good. And if any of it isn't good, then I'll just look at the good stuff because that's all I care about. Let's not let's not dwell on the things we dislike. Let's not dwell on this fictional console war. Let's just be gamers. Let's just game and enjoy our damn selves. All right. Well, that was over two hours. Um, is there anything else we need to hit on? Anything else we need to hit on this computer work? It is not. Okay. So, I don't think there's anything else to hit on. People need to calm their asses down. We got great games coming. Like, that's mm. going to be that's gonna be a recurring theme for the next few weeks. It's just calm your asses down. <laughs> let's, let's enjoy these games. Like, we're being we're being shown what we're going to be enjoying for the years to come. 
for the years prior, we all have been looking to 2023 as like, all right, this is the year when the games start really trickling in. And so far, that has been the case. We got heavy hitters lined up for the rest of this year. Spider-Man 2 still on schedule. Starfield coming. Forza Motorsport 8. There's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot to enjoy. So don't feel like because you didn't see the thing that you wanted to see this week that all is lost and that you wasted money and that you wasted time. Like there's so much to enjoy. There's so much to look forward to. So let's do our part and look forward to it. Please control issues. I am 